Welcome to Trans Mafia. I'm Blue. This is Orion. And you are our listeners. How is everybody? <laughs> <laughs> well, I we don't know because they can't answer us back, but they can leave us a message. Right. Or, you know, email us or hit us up on Facebook. However, I'm doing pretty good. And I know that you have had a long day. I've had a long day. You know, we tape at the bar that I work out of and I bar back on the weekend, so my weekends are crazy because I also clean the bar seven days a week. So sometimes I feel like I live here, but I kind of also feel like uh, I'm glad to be able to do it because this is the only trans bar in Las Vegas. Uh, and it's kind of nice to help me, I guess, be able to keep a clean house for girls to come and have a safe place to, be, to go. So Absolutely. that's how I kind of keep looking at it, I guess, you know? So yeah, this week has been nuts for me, but like I said, I'm glad to be able to work in a bar where I can come and just kind of feel myself, be myself and uh, you know, provide, help provide a safe place for others. So. As much as I get overtired and aggravated sometimes at my job, I'm so grateful for it. Yeah. <laughs> well, definitely, I, I do understand getting overtired and aggravated, but I did just come back from a vacation in uh, San Jose mostly, but New Mexico, which was really nice because the hatch chilies mm. were like being roasted on every They're corner, delicious. and I had hatch chilies on everything. Um, which was so good and then found them at the 99 cent store for sale like a huge bag of them for a dollar so I grabbed them so I could roast them and um, yeah so that's exciting but next our next episode I'm going to talk about some of the resources in that area because you know I do we, I visited and I think that there's some really cool stuff that um, that people should go visit and see and feel safe at um, and get, especially if they're in the area or thinking about moving to the area. You know, FYI too, you can go to Smith's. Uh, I think it's coming up in the next couple of weeks. It's, you have to buy a whole box of, of hatch chilies. Yeah. But they'll roast them for you for free. What? Right Here? there, they have a big roaster. Oh yeah. Here? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, okay. Oh yeah, I love hatch chilies. Nice. It's great. I do it every year. And I freeze, freeze it and then I can use them throughout the year. I actually really enjoy fall. Yeah. I enjoy just like it starts getting cool down. The mornings are cool. I don't know about here, but like the smell is different with the trees and the kind of the decaying of earth. And uh, I really, really like it. So I'm I'm excited for it not to be like over 100 degrees every day, over 110 every day. Yeah, I like the fall weather. It's nice to have a <laughs> yeah. break from the extreme heat. Of course, here in Vegas, we've been in the 100 and 10 pluses for the last mm -hmm. almost two weeks. Mm -hmm. So to us, 90, we're like, oh, cool down. Yeah, no, I, well, know. I did I did open my um, sliding glass door this morning. Yeah, it was actually cooler last keep, night. Yeah, the cats morning. keep bugging me about it. So I was like, yeah. all right, we'll see how this, how this year ends out. Um, unfortunately, I know that we've recently had a couple of deaths. Yeah, the most recent one was, well, I don't know if it was the most recent one, I don't know doesn't really matter which came first. Um, but the two that came across my newsfeed this week were a 17-year-old from Baltimore, Maryland named Bailey. Um, she was shot four times coming out of a house party. Um, just wait, I, I just don't understand all this epidemic. Yes. It's just open season on trans women this year. We've had 18, 17 or 18. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. I wrote something for a magazine that hopefully will be published. Um, and I want to read it real quick. It says, when Malaysia Booker was attacked and beaten in April of this year, she thought her worst fear had come true. I talked with her about a week later and she said, you know, people will hate me for who I am. 
but I've never loved myself more. And if that cost me an attack, if it cost me my life, at least I can say I tried to live authentically. Sadly, a month later, she was murdered and is the subject of a court case in which the judge had to decide via request by the defendant's lawyer, the defendant who attacked her, not her murderer, to clarify, to recognize her throughout the trial by male pronouns and use her birth name in an attempt to delegitimatize her identity as a trans woman. To date, this year we've had 17 trans women of color murdered for existing, murdered for trying to be happy in life, and murdered because someone decided that these women didn't have the right to live. In Brazil, trans women buy one meal at a time because they don't know if they'll be alive for their next meal. And just when I thought it couldn't get worse for trans people in Brazil, the country elected their own version of our worst nightmare currently running amok in the White House. In fact, those in our very own LGBT community believe that the very hate and discrimination aimed at our community is okay. They call themselves the Log Cabin Republicans. The culture in this country right now says it's okay not to employ us, not to house us, and not treat us medically. And I keep wondering what year the numbers will, will, of trans people we have to remember will, will drop. But sadly, I don't think it'll be anytime soon. I keep asking myself, when will people rise? When will people rise up? We're not out to bother anyone. We simply want to exist without being the targets of fear and hatred. And the truth is, it won't. We as trans individuals are unique human beings who have to deal with things on a daily basis that others can't even imagine. And I'm not victimizing us or creating a new sport in the oppression Olympics. I'm simply trying to speak the truth. And when we have five trans women murdered in the United States during Pride Month, we have a problem that is being systematically hidden and ignored. And it's time for that to change. Trans Day of Remembrance originated in 1999 by Gwendolyn Smith in response to the murder of Rita Hester because she was tired of losing community members and forgetting that they existed. I had the opportunity to talk to her in 2012 and I asked her if she ever thought that Trans Day of Remembrance would become so monumental and important for the transgender community. Smith told me she could ne she'd never expected it to become what it has and was actually sad to see it grow and due, due to the continued violence against tra the trans community. Every year, there are over 200 trans people who have been attacked for being different, simply for being who they are. Please take a few minutes this year and attend Trans Day of Remembrance. I can promise you it will open your heart and mind to the struggle faced every day by our community. And to all those we've lost this year, a piece of my heart is with you and your family. Your memories will drive me to remember and honor your existence, importance, and remember me to be compassionate to others. And something like that shouldn't have to be written, you know? And right. it's that part of my, my heartache as an activist and as somebody who's involved in the communities, like people like Malaysia Booker, mm -hmm. people that I knew as a younger girl trying to find her way, um, and now she's gone. Yeah. You know, and I'm frankly sick, sick and tired of having to bury my sisters due to due to yeah. transphobic violence and ignorance and miseducation, and just so many other things. You know, yeah. um, it's frustrating it, that we it, kind of. I mean, this podcast isn't necessarily like the most uplifting podcast, and and jokey podcast, but it's unfortunate that we've almost every week we started the podcast talking about who died this week. Um, and that sucks. <laughs> That's not okay. Yeah. Um, and it, I really wish it wasn't that way. And I don't know how to change it because I don't know how to change the people that are, you know, causing these issues. Right. But yeah. I'm really glad you did write that, even though it was kind of a bummer. Yeah, it's just, like I said, that there's two things as an activist that keep me, 
keep me going, you know, yeah. and one of those things is the drive to want to do better for our community. And the other one is the sure. drive that I can't quit and I can't stop because of people like Malaysia Booker and because of people like Bailey and because of all these other people that we've lost throughout the year, you know. So both things keep me going, sometimes in opposite directions. Um, but, you know, the drive, I guess, is, is what's important in the end results. Um, but yeah, there's the other, um, other one this week was the young trans woman in Florida. Um, I forget her name. Be Love. Be Love. Yeah. Um, they found her murdered in her car. She was, I believe, tied up and lit on fire um, yeah. and then shot. So, you know, again, it's, and it's not that we're just being murdered. It's like we're being murdered pretty violently. Pretty, we're being yeah. attacked. Um, you know, there's a lot of articles on this kind of stuff, and it would, I, you know, I, I read the comments, and a lot of times it's cis straight, well, in theory, cis straight people that are just not really being supportive. They're like, yeah, this should, well, supportive of the murders. Um, but it would be nice, and I know that there are some cis people that are like, yeah, this is terrible, but it'd be nice to hear trans voices on there. Um, even if you go under like a pseudonym or something and just leave some comments on that because I think that there are other trans people that read this stuff and maybe seeing that trans people are supportive of, you know, and are, are acknowledging that this shit goes on. Yeah. Um, so there's an organization called USPATH, which is the United States Physician Association for Transgender Health, which is like the, local, the United States version of WPATH, which is the World Physicians um, Consortium. And they're having a little issue with systematic racism, um, not including a lot of trans people of color. Mm -hmm. um, Aiden Olson Kennedy is a social worker from Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. um, and his wife is Dr. Joe Olson Kennedy, who does amazing things with, with um, trans communities, specifically mm -hmm. with trans youth. Um, and he, I just noticed he just posted, he said, why isn't, why isn't there a trans woman of color speaking about the future of trans care at USPATH? The future of trans care must include the voices, experiences, and perspectives of black and brown trans women. Do better. And he's absolutely right. I, I would agree. And I think that that maybe is the organizers not reaching out. Because I get that these are things for doctors. But how about get some actual trans people? Well, here's the thing about there. reaching out. They may have reached out. But a lot of times, and I looked up this specific conference mm -hmm. too. For this conference, for creating change conference. Bye. For all these other conferences, you have to submit the proposal, mm -hmm. which is one thing. But then you have to pay the registration fee to the conference, which is sometimes upwards to $200 plus, yeah. right? Then you have to get yourself there, mm -hmm. which is sometimes across the country. Then you have to pay for a hotel. Then mm -hmm. you have to pay for food. Mm -hmm. How is that affordable? So yeah. by you're not giving them a platform or a voice by saying, oh, just apply and you can come. Well, and then the people who are like, quote, famous, like they are wanting to get paid and a lot of these conferences don't have the money right. to pay people, right. you know, seven, eight thousand dollars, fifteen hundred, you know, fifteen thousand dollars to come speak. Right. So the, the three, two or three trans people that do speaking engagements aren't, you know, invited because of course they can, I mean, it's like at least, you know, shell out the maybe two thousand dollars to get the person there. Yeah and put them up in a hotel for a couple nights. You don't even have to have them for the whole thing. It'd be nice if you did, Yeah. but you have enough money because the conferences make money. Right. Like that's a, that's a thing, especially if you have a bunch of fucking doctors, like you know they're not, you know, they're not, uh, they may have a bunch of student loans, but yeah. they're wealthy. 
uh, for the most part, and they're making money off the trans community. So how about give some of that shit back? Yeah. Well, there's a doctor, a trans doctor from Texas. His name is Colt Kielmeyer. Mm -hmm. um, his, his partner is also trans, and they are just an amazing couple. They do amazing work within mm -hmm. the medical community, and they run an awesome conference. I think it's called Gender Spectrum Conference down in Houston. Um, but he made a statement um, at US Path about that, and uh, it was really interesting. Uh, and it says, this is from Dr. Colt Kielmeyer. It says, as I was preparing presentations for US Path, I came to the uncomfortable realization that both of the panels I committed to be a part of uh, were made up of all white people. Mm -hmm. My partner, a person of color, asked me what was wrong and they gave me permission to talk this through with them. They encouraged me to at least say something, so that's what I'm going to do. I want to start by saying, I want to start by saying, by thanking a few of the folks who have patiently and generously taught me about working from an anti-racism framework through their own intellectual labor, emotional labor, and or consultation. And then he lists uh, a bunch of people that who have helped him through it. And it continues on to say, they have taught me that I need to part, oh, that they need to do something. I apologize for my participation in upholding white supremacy in WPATH and US PATH. I take responsibility for this and instead, I, instead of making my usual excuses, well, I just don't know what to do, or I don't know enough trans people of color, I'm going to do something. I'm going to make a commitment and would ask that my friends and colleagues hold me accountable to it. After today, I'll never present at a conference with an all-white group of presenters again. I'll intentionally support trans people of color and I'm committed to taking up less space. I'd later learned that one of my co-presenters was a black person. He was unable to come to the conference and had pre-recorded pre an audio portion of his presentation. So, I mean, I think it's important to take note that people are starting to notice. I mean, you know, and it kind of goes both ways because people that either don't pass as people of color, like myself sometimes, mm -hmm. or people that are white that want to know more about the, the that are about people of color, um, there needs to be, I think, maybe some more options for education for them. And the reason I say that is because, like, I went to a conference one time and they had a, a um, caucus for trans people of color. And I'm mixed, so if you can't see me, hi. Um, but I'm, I'm African-American or black, I'm white, and uh, I'm Native American. So I have kinky hair, but I keep it really short so you can't really tell. And I'm kind of a little caramely color, you know. So, you know, sometimes people can look at me and tell that I'm biracial. Sometimes people just assume I'm a white boy. To me, it doesn't really matter either way because I embrace who I am. Mm -hmm. I embrace every part of who I am. And if there's a discussion brought up about it, it is what it is, you know. But I went into this workshop and um, I was told I wasn't allowed in there because it was for people of color. And I said, well, I am of color. And they're like, well, I couldn't tell because you didn't pass for a person of color. And I'm like, so an albino white black person wouldn't pass for a person of color because they're white? Like that's kind of judgmental and kind of oppressionistic. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what you don't want us to do. You know, mm -hmm. so that was kind of frustrating for me, particularly at that time, because that was the time when I was really trying to figure out mm -hmm. What was going on? What was with going you? on with me? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I definitely understand having POC spaces. I think that there needs to be space where people of color can talk about the shit that white people do right. and the oppression that they feel and their kind of collective history. But if we're doing, if we're pitting white against POC. Um, I don't know, like, healing can't really happen. I think that white people need to educate themselves, and I think that they need to be more inquisitive, but 
I also think that, you know, there is this kind of sordid history. However, I have seen people of color be like the colorism mm -hmm. that happens within mm -hmm. communities of color. If you're not dark color. enough, you're not light enough. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like anything, anything. It could, they pick on anything and that's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, there's also, and I've talked about this with Laurel because they're also Jewish, but being Jewish, you're you white passing, but then a lot of times you were raised in a culture mm -hmm. that is very different from white culture, where you don't really culturally fit in with the white community. Mm -hmm. And essentially, as soon as someone finds out that you're Jewish, like it's a whole thing. It's a whole like, I mean, I've heard even like from people that had never met Jewish people, oh, do you have horns under your hat? Like, essentially like, like a yarmulke, um, horns under, that's why you wear like head coverings. And it's just like, like, are you kidding first of all? But also if that's still what's going around, if there's still this kind of hatred towards Jewish people, because of their, and I want to say it is a culture and it is a ethnicity where some people think it's just a religion and it's not that because I'm not necessarily actively religious, but I do identify as Jewish because there's a cultural difference between European white community and the freaking Polish, Russian, uh, Ethiopian, freaking Mexican Jews that they have like a commonality. Mm -hmm because they're not only not in like the Christian majority, but there's a cultural difference. There's a cultural way, and there's also a fear of being put in concentration camps again. Yeah. A fear, uh, and that has the historical, there has been research on like historical trauma, mm -hmm. and there has been like um, evidence of DNA, changing DNA like changing for people that have been through trauma mm -hmm. um, I was just reading an article about yeah. that yep yeah. so for people that have long-term trauma like their people have long-term trauma and that can be african-american community that can be the Asian community um, and I want to say the Asian community like that's all-encompassing mm -hmm. but you know what I'm saying um, there is oppression and there is fucking trauma and we need to really consider that it's not just about word that's passed down from like your grandmother, but also like how we treat each other. Right. What makes us like oppress each other and not not join together to be stronger, but like tear each other apart, which is definitely like, you know, white background of like everyone wants striving to be white mm -hmm. and because it's a safe, safer way to be, but it not really being any better, and it not fitting in because you know you don't have the right features, you don't have the right skin tone, you don't have you know whatever. So anyway, that was a weird roundabout rant, but uh, I will, yeah, I'll stand by that. Yeah, I think it's it's everybody needs to tackle their issues with racism and understand racism to the best of their ability, and I think to a certain extent. It's been such, become such a toxic subject that it's hard to ask questions about it without being like misunderstood or perceived as asking something wrong. 
you know? And I think that if somebody's asking a question, especially if they're asking something respectfully, they're trying to educate themselves, mm -hmm. and I don't think that's something that anybody should ever be yeah. ashamed of. Yeah. For instance, I'm not gonna, if somebody comes up to me and says, what's in your pants, I'm gonna tell them to go fuck off, you know? But yeah. if somebody comes up to me and says, hey, you know, I, I know that you're trans because we've talked about it, and I have a couple questions, you might answer them? Mm -hmm. I may say yes or no, more than likely I'll say yes, specifically if somebody asks me respectfully like that, mm -hmm. because they're trying to educate themselves. Yeah. And, and so I think that education around, and education, I don't think it's ever gonna stop. I think it's, it's an ongoing, ongoing thing, you know? So, in Canada, there is a 14-year-old who is trying to medically transition, and the father is taking him to court mm -hmm. to try and stop it. Yes. Mother yes. supportive, yes. father is not. And I find that... Because the father doesn't think it's a thing. Right. Which right. I've heard multiple times yes. from kids that are saying, yeah, my parents don't think trans is a real thing. Like, you can't change your gender. And it's like, well, you're not changing your gender. You're just socially changing it. But, like, inside, it's just and nothing's congruent. Yeah, I find it interesting, you know, that when it happens when one parent's supportive and the other one isn't. Because then the poor kid, not only on top of struggling with their gender identity, is struggling with two parents fighting over what's best for them, and they know what's best for them themselves, and it's it just adds added stress to the whole mm -hmm. situation, you know. And um, it's 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 rough. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's unfortunate that you know. On one hand, I can understand a parent not wanting their kid to be on medication because they don't really know what right. what happens with it. Um, on the other hand, keeping medical treatment from your child who's suffering is a crime. Mm -hmm. So I can, you know, if, if you don't believe that trans is a thing, of course you're not gonna be, you know, like happy for the child. But it sounds like the dad, the kid lived with the mom, right. not the dad, and then the dad was just like, and I think that fathers should have a say over kind of what their kids do and what their kids are exposed to. I think that both parents should, or the many parents, if you have multiple, yeah. should be able to have some kind of say over the kids. Um, I don't think it's like, oh, mother's rule, and. Yeah. that kind of stuff but I also think that you know maybe this father needs to be educated like this maybe should have like been sat down in uh, you know a psych session a counseling session and talked about well I think part of the problem comes with the legal legal system too because if the parent is not gonna get on board there are those parents who don't they just flat out refuse to do it and it goes to a legal legal situation, you know, then a judge gets to decide what's best for the child. If mm -hmm. you get a very conservative judge, mm -hmm. that can kill that child. That happened yeah. with Elijah DePew. You know, that's exactly yeah. what happened. And, and so uh, I think that sometimes the judge being able to decide that is super dangerous. And there's just, mm -hmm. there's no easy answer to that, but yeah. just let your kids be who they are. Especially, I mean, I, I agree with Orion. I think that the whole hormones thing I don't know. I don't know about hormones. I don't know about, enough about puberty blockers to mm -hmm. form a solid enough opinion. What I do know, it leads me to some questions. Yeah. But it doesn't, it's not going to hurt anybody to call them by their preferred name. It's not going to hurt anybody to let them dress as they're comfortable. Yeah. And it's not going to hurt anybody to respect a child or a teen or yeah. a youth of that, or any age for that matter. Um, 
their gender identity. Yeah. It can harm them to be disrespectful to them more mm -hmm. than it can hurt them yes. to respect an individual. You're right. You know? I would agree with that. So if you were born Michael and you now prefer to be called Mikey, do not make fun of somebody whose name was Rachel and they now want to be called Zach. It's no different than you shortening your birth name or changing it. <laughs> I love the older names of like Francis, like a girl named Francis with like right. Fanny. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Or like Gertrude was Gertie. Like, you know, we always yeah. have had different names than we were necessarily called by. Right. Um, if we could make up a nickname or someone started calling us a nickname. Uh, but this isn't just about a nickname. This is about a person's identity. And I think that uh, parents can really have a hard time with this. They have to mourn their child and the, all the ideas that they thought that their child was gonna do, like the wedding or whatever else, the children, you know, because a lot of times people are like, well, as soon as you're trans and you can't have children anymore, which we know mm -hmm. is false. Mm -hmm. But, you know, from a very limited um, point of view, you know, I. I can understand where parents are coming from, but then there needs to be education and parents need to seek out places that are educated. PFLAG, my experience with them is that many of them do not have a good trans education basis because they're so used to talking about gay and lesbian. So. And the emphasis is on coming out, not about <laughs> the parents being like okay with their kids' lives. At Genderfest last year, I gave PFLAG a table and Owen was there with Finley. Yeah. And the lady from PFLAG said, oh, where did you adopt the baby from? And Owen says, we didn't adopt, I mm -hmm. had the baby. And the lady looks at Owen and says, you mean you gave birth? And he says, yes. And she goes, so that means that you're a girl. Are you transitioning, are you an MTF? And Owen says, no, I'm an FTM, I'm a trans male. Mm -hmm. I just happen to be able to give birth to my child. Oh, so you're the baby's mom. And he's like, no. I'm the baby's dad, I just happened to give birth. And she goes, yeah, the mom. And he's like, no. It's like, they have to, and then people are like, come on, P-Flag, really? Like, yeah, yeah they don't. I mean, not. if we would call it like the birth parent, God, fuck, I remember going to the social services and I had such a problem with their training that I actually had to like leave them. Uh. Um, but. One of the things was I was supposed to, and I'm glad I didn't do this because I would have had a, such an issue with it. I was supposed to go to people's homes where the kids had been removed um, and then replaced there to kind of check up on them and make sure that they were staying with their parenting classes. And because the kids were in danger, or they, they had been um, accused of child endangerment uh -huh. because they had an abusive, usually an abusive father in the home. And so it was the fault of the mother having the abusive father in the home. Yeah. You know, the, the father. And so it, the whole thing, in one hand, I understand. In the other hand, I'm like, but at least that parent got help. Yeah. Many times they do try to get help and then they have to go to these classes that are in the middle of the day and they're like working parents and like there's no way for them to get there. And it's it's a lot of bullshit. But sorry, I digress. Um, but the the paperwork that people had, that we had to fill out, talked about birth mother. And it really bothered me, because I'm like, well, what if someone's a surrogate, or what if the person who gave birth 
Well, no, you have to put the birth mother down. What if the kid is adopted? No, you have to put the birth mother down. And I'm like, but like, why can't you say parent one and parent two rather than like, why is it so important that we get like the person who shot this child? Yeah, because sometimes women don't know who the dad is. Right, right. It's really, really, well, they were very adamant. It wasn't as important for the father, but like the mother was really, really important. I'm like, the language is so binary. And like, I went in there and I'm like, how am I going to work here? They are not. And they were like, well, I asked them if they help trans people. And they're like, well, you know, we, we try, but we don't really know how to help them. And since they've had someone who is trans go in there and work with them, but I can just imagine how frustrating that was because it wasn't going to be me doing my internship there, yeah. doing labor for them. I mean, it, there were problems left and right when I had to work with them. And they yeah. were like, a good organization except like and this is what like after all that this and and when I was getting that training I asked questions it's just a small and I'm like well what about this what about this they wanted me to sit there and just listen mm-hmm. and not ask questions I wasn't asking questions to be difficult right I was asking questions because I didn't know and I wanted to know right. like a little bit deeper right. yeah like what happens after we're done with them what happens to them? Mm-hmm. Well, don't worry about that. And I'm like, well, I, <laughs> what do you mean don't worry about that? social worker not to worry about that is like telling an aunt not to, it's, yeah. It's, it was ridiculous. But the kicker that like got me, I actually had to get up and leave. They had a, a person come in and I have done like uh, domestic, I've worked with domestic violence victims and I've been, you know, had domestic violence myself. Um, but I had to listen to a white, cisgender, straight male talk about um, callers, like as a first responder, he was talking about because this this was training people mm-hmm. for a hotline for that. And um, someone asked, well, how many calls are false? And he's like, well, according to the FBI, it's, it's, um, like three percent but I think it's three times that and all I could think is okay first of all I didn't come here for your fucking opinion and also this is the reason why people don't report domestic violence because they are not believed and a lot of people go back on what they say they're like no because they don't want to have to deal with the hassle or they really love the person they don't want them to get in trouble but it's a problem when we have an officer who's training people that are first responders saying, oh, well, you're gonna actually have nine. So nine, nine people, you know, every night would be like nine, nine people of a hundred, right? Nine percent, nine percent would be nine people of a hundred. And so it's people already like being like, oh, well, I wonder if this is the person that's, you know, a faking it. And it's right. going to make them suspicious of everybody rather than seeing, sitting and being an active listener and not judging them. Because it's not for them to judge. It's for them to sit with the person and let them go through this and talk it out. And regardless of the reality of it or not, that person is calling for a reason. Yeah. Um, and a lot of domestic violence, I want to just say this, is two-sided. Yep, a lot of it is, and it's, there's, 
way too many loopholes in domestic violence mm -hmm. laws. Yep. And I don't believe in this. Somebody calls for somebody has to go to jail bullshit. Yeah. No, you know, I, I think that that's wrong and it's creating a systematic oppression, mm -hmm. a, 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 a culture of systematic oppression. Yeah. You know, and yeah, people won't call the police then because they're afraid they're going to go to jail mm -hmm. even if they didn't do anything on right. either end. You know, I yeah. mean, because if you're defending yourself and he gets a scratch, you're going to jail. Yeah. And it's just, it's not, it's just, they, they need to fix the loopholes. I understand they're trying to tighten down and get more offenders and all that good stuff, but like, there's got to be a better way to do that than what they're yeah. doing. Yeah, you know? I, I'm not really, again, like, I'm not super keen on police officers. I'm not super yeah. keen on like CIA. Yeah. I've had my own run ins with people and I just don't. I don't care for it. I don't find many police officers reasonable. Right. Um, I think that there's a culture, a shitty culture that yeah. they have. Yeah. And I know that there's a value to them, but I've had a couple of instances where I've been pulled over while I was walking. I've been pulled off of a bus. Yeah. Like, walking while suspicious. I don't know what it is. Do I have a face that looked like I'm gonna, I think, like I've also had where I called the cops because I had a roommate's boyfriend who was threatening me and he was drunk. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, I I need to do something. Like I'm scared. He's like waving a fucking booze bottle around. Yeah. And I had let him stay there stupidly. And then, you know, he got all belligerent and shitty when I was asking, you know, him for like money for using my phone. Yeah. Uh, back in the early 2000s. Right. Um, and I called them and they're like, what'd you do? And I was like, whoa, 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 excuse me, yeah. I called you, not what I, like, that's how they approach me. So there's been like, like multiple, had five or six times that I've had shitty interactions with cops, mm -hmm. shitty. Yeah, I kind of choose to judge the, I choose to judge the officer by their actions. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna, I don't judge the, that all police are bad mm -hmm. um, because in the position I am as an activist, mm -hmm. I've had to work with them mm -hmm. in order to try and get things better. Yeah. You know, and there are officers out there who legitimately do want to change. And there are trans police officers that. out there yeah. who are, are trying to help, you right. know? So I don't want to judge them as bad just mm -hmm. because they wear the color blue. Yeah. Or they have a badge on their chest. Yeah, they represent a system of oppression. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And they represent a culture of um, judgment and of shame and mm -hmm. all this stuff. You know, but then again, they've also done some good for the trans community. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Not a whole lot, maybe, mm -hmm. but you know, they have been there when trans people needed us, yeah. needed them. I think it might so be it's... personally, I have had really bad experiences. Yeah. Like with the police officer being disrespectful of me. Right. When I'm like coming to them and being respectful or like being like assuming or accusing me. Well, I didn't do shit. Yeah. And I wasn't even looking suspicious. I mean, maybe how I dressed or that I had tattoos or I was in a different part of town. Yeah. Like, but like. Oh, I've had absolutely shitty interactions with them and I'm not defending a shitty officer by any means at all. And I'm absolutely scared if I have an interaction with them because I don't know who I'm going to get. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they're going to treat me. I don't know how they're going to approach me. Yeah. And so, and it's not just because I'm trans, it's because. You know, if it's a black police officer, I'm white. I don't know how they can treat me. Even if it's right. a white police officer, they can look at me and tell that I'm biracial. And I don't know how they can treat me. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a multitude of things. You know what right. I mean? I have I have pride stickers on my car. I have marine bumper stickers on my car. I have fuck Trump bumper stickers on my car. No, I don't. I wish I did. But you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know. So I saw a lovely bumper sticker the other day. I thought that it looks like an election bumper sticker, and it said hindsight 2020. Ah, and that's awesome. Like, that's amazing and it means so many things. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but it just oh, reminded me. 
Yeah, but like, I would love to say yes, report police and like as a social worker, I want to be able to like support police, but I just, I just really struggle. Yeah. I struggle with it and I was invited to go to a kind of a training um, by the LAPD to be trained on like, I don't know what they do, I guess. It was an LGBT, for LGBT community members to get trained on like what they do, kind of like yeah. here. Yeah. Um, and. You know, the interesting it, thing is LA, they actually yeah. have a trans advisory council specifically for the police department up there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Karina Samal is in charge of it, and I think mm -hmm. Rhea Roman was on it, a bunch of other people. Yeah, there's a few other people, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like Hollywood definitely does, but <sighs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I was watching, I was watching um, this morning, this morning because at four in the morning I was awake and I was watching uh, on Pluto, they have a Unsolved Mysteries channel mm -hmm. where it just streams Unsolved Mysteries. And they were talking about this person who and I wish I would have written down the names, but this person who was a woman that um, did dog dog shows and that kind of stuff, okay. and then had ordered like hormone or whatever for the dogs and then started taking them herself and transitioned to a man. Okay. And the family, like the whole report of course was saying by the old name, the dead name, not the new name. But then again, like this person, this person had a lot of money and had like become very eccentric, which I don't think has anything to do with like the being trans. Right. Um, but ended up being found in the, the um, not the sewer, but the like where the shit sits. The dump. No, like oh, like the like the the house was out on some the yeah. It was, oh. Yeah, so I mean the, the person tank? had been killed. Yes, oh, wow. the septic tank. Oh, wow. um, the person had been killed, um, probably most likely for their money because, and I mean, there's speculation that it was like the person that was their um, financial advisor because they had been found guilty of fifteen thousand um, dollars, like they had been like stealing you know money. stealing money. Um, and so like, hmm. and they had kept everything up in the house, the dogs and everything. That's, people come and told people that this person, this guy had gone to Europe to get a sex change surgery. Those are their words. And you right. have to remember that this is like the 80s. Right. So like that was the word for it then, but it was like they were using the excuse that this person had, and this person didn't hang around with anybody else. Yeah. They wow. were kind of a recluse and, Wow. You know, um, but I wanted to say it was really cool to, to like see that because I was like, oh, I didn't know that Unsolved Mysteries had reported on anyone transgender. Right. Um, of course, they didn't say transgender because that's kind of a newer word, but that's what this person was. And I was like, cool. And then they died. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. But they did talk about the dog community, like the dog show community. And like people didn't really they just kind of accepted it because the dog show community isn't about the people, but it's about the dogs. <laughs> so, and I'm sure that some people were judgy because people are fucking like that. But uh, anyway, yeah, that was kind of nice. That was kind of a nice thing to hear. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> well, I want to give a shout out real quick to two people before we start wrapping it up here. 
um, the first shout out this week, I want to give to Miss Major. Yes. Um, if you don't know who Miss Major is, go on Wikipedia, Google, whatever you have to do, but look up Miss Major. Miss Major is a Stonewall uh, veteran, um, leader in the community, um, all around just the shit. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about Miss Major. I really don't. Um, she has a movie out called Major. Major the movie. Um, if you have a chance, go ahead and run it. I think it's on Amazon and YouTube. I was able to see her speak once. Yeah, I did too. I was I met so her. excited. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I do know. Anyway, like small, short background. She was um, front and center with the uh, Stonewall riots, uh-huh. along with other other folks, and has been a public speaker pretty much since then yeah. um, about about everything that you know, went on and uh, trans activism yeah. and is quite well known in the community. But like, again, with, you know, honoring our elders, yeah. it is good to know some yeah. of these things. Yeah, Miss Major is like one of my favorite people. I saw her, I was with her at Pride in San Francisco in 20, mm-hmm. I wanna say 2014 maybe. Mm-hmm. And that's one of my favorite pictures with her um, because she just, she means a lot to me as an individual and as a, elder of the community mm-hmm. and just the things mm-hmm. that, I, that she's done for us is just yes. and continues to do just and a, you know, a trans woman of color is it yes 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 yeah yes but very cool very yes. um poignant yes. and yes no bones yes anyway uh, miss major used to live in san francisco and she relocated to little rock arkansas uh maybe two years ago now to start a house a place called the house of ggs for the trans women and a resource for the trans woman in arkansas and memphis um, because there's su- such a need there. Um, and since she's gotten there, things have d- improved dramatically for the community up there. But she had a stroke a while back, um, and so she's home now, but she needs help, um, not only with the nonprofit, but helping support her medical fund and her daily needs and stuff like that. So if you feel so obliged and have a few dollars to give, I posted the link on the Trans Mafia page. You can go, um, click on the link and donate a couple dollars her way. Um, it's important to support our elders as much as they've tra- uh, blazed the way for us. Trail blazed the way, blazed the way, huh? Um, <laughs> for us, and um, do what we can to help them, even if it's only a dollar or two. I know yeah. that she would, she would really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Is that something we can put on our page? I did. I put it on the page. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, cool. I put the okay. link on the page. And maybe we can, like, you know, repeat that and, and put it back on there. Yeah. Um, I know that we have a lot of likes on the page, and if you do listen and you also see our Facebook page, it would be really cool if you could share the podcast with people on the Facebook page because we have a lot of people on our Facebook page, but not as many listening. We do have quite a few, um, but we definitely want to, you know, be able to uh, expand and start being able to, you know, work with other podcasts, but we need to have more numbers to be able to do that. Shameless plug. Oh, dang it, I forgot what the second shout-out was I wanted to do. I'm so sorry. I'm no, so sorry. I'm just having brain farts this morning, Orion. It's like it's one of those days I'm just not not all here. It's okay, though. I'll remember next week, and I'll mention it next week. I'm sure of it. Well, do you want to wrap it up for this week? I think we're good, yeah. I think we're good, too. And we think our listeners are good, and we're glad that you listened to us, and thank you for listening yes. to us. Leave us your comments, please. Yes. Send us a message. Send us a voicemail. Leave us a comment on our Facebook yeah. page. Um, please share the page and share the podcast. That's mm-hmm. how we get the word out. Yeah. Again, we do this, um, you know, pretty much low cost as low cost as we can. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but if you have a couple bucks to kick our way, we definitely appreciate that too, because everything we get goes right back into the, pro- the podcast. Um, and it enables us to get better equipment so you can hear us better um, and just have be able to broadcast in different places too. Uh, you know, I think we might maybe try and look at going international. People can listen to us internationally now. And they do. They, and they do. do. Yeah, yeah, we have a lot of um, um, listeners from England actually, mm-hmm. I noticed on our statistics page. So again, I want to say thank you to everybody that listens and um, I appreciate you. I appreciate our listeners because if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't have a reason to be here. So thank you. Yeah, yes, we do. Yeah, we appreciate your your um, support and your ears. And uh, yes, yeah, so we will see you next week with another podcast of some shit. Yep. And go to our Facebook page. You decide the topic next week. Leave a message on our Facebook page telling us what you want us to talk about so we don't just sit here and ramble on like we did today. Because if you don't, that's what we'll do is we'll ramble because that's what we like to do is ramble and ramble. Yeah, we do. We do. (laughs) All right. All right. Have, Have a great week, guys. Bye, everybody. I want to go back and talk about the LGBTQ forum real quick. Are you done with your list? Yes, I'm done with That was list. fascinating. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> um, so, like I said at the, earlier in the podcast, at the LGBTQ forum they did this week, they um, had all the candidates come up and talk about like what they would do for their first 100 days in office for the trans community, or for the LGBTQ community, blah, blah, blah. And the coolest thing that happened was Elizabeth Warren, her answer was to read all names of all 18, well, now 19, but 18 women, trans women at the time that had been murdered. And I thought that was really, really cool. She's like, it's time an American president said their names. And yes. she's right. Yes. She's absolutely right. You know, and then two days after that, they found there's a trans woman in Dallas that was shot. Um, she didn't pass away yet, but I mean, she was shot like three times. So um, I think that was really, really cool. You know, and I don't, I don't know. I think her and Cory Booker probably did the best at the LGBTQ forum. Um, Angelica Ross, I love you, girl. But I gotta say, glad you need to call them out if you want to get up there and get your minutes of fame on the stage you need to call glad out for taking transphobic dollars you can't have it both ways standing up there representing them and letting them harm the community they're harming the community by doing that they're enabling transphobia so if you want to stand up on stage and support an organization then you also need to be able to say you know what what you did wasn't right and not just take the take the fame but take the pain with it yeah, I think a lot of times those discussions, and we've kind of talked about it before, are things that need to be talked about behind closed doors. Like, yeah. they need to have a fucking come-to-Jesus moment about what the fuck they're doing. Like, what are you actually doing? Are you helping community? Is ever, is your mission statement? Are you following your mission statement? That kind of a thing. Because if you're not, then you need to change shit up, right? Well, you know, they never even, Glad never even, I sent them multiple emails to mm-hmm. different sources. I emailed all the board directors, mm-hmm. and it was the same letter. It was very polite, just saying, you know, you might not be aware of this but this is what's going on Mm -hmm. not one response from them not one email back nothing and it's like and I know some of them were delivered in red because those little email notifications checked it so it's like come come on you know I mean they have trans people that work there Nick Adams is creative director yeah Um, and it's like I, I, to me, that's just kind of crappy, but I, well, and uh, you know, on, on it's throwing the community defense, under the bus. On their defense, maybe they're fielding a lot of this stuff and trying to create a file because you don't think that they're even trying. No, they trying might be, to, but here's yeah. the thing: organizations need to research their donors and know where their money's coming from. I would agree. Because not only is UFC transphobic, Dana White threw Trump almost a million dollars in his campaign. Mm-hmm. 
they're huge Trump supporters. Mm -hmm. So aside from the fact that they're transphobic, why the hell would you want to take a penny from somebody who supports Trump just so they can say they support the LGBTQ? Mm -hmm. They don't if they support Trump. Right. So that's taking dirty money. And I'm, I don't, I wouldn't want dirty money like that. I agree. I, but I they have, have to, to. They have to source their donation to be ethically responsible. I, I, I think it is really hilarious though when people donate to you know LGBT organizations <laughs> on behalf of like, yeah. on of behalf of people be like, um, that makes me so happy because I feel like that's a really passive aggressive way. I do that with Mike like, Pence. Make, yeah. I donated twenty bucks in his name to uh, Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Yeah, I think I thought it was great, but yeah, it's just I just you know I talked about it before, but they're yeah. responsible for where that money comes from, and you can't sit here and say that you're supporting the trans community and take dollars that are actively hurting us. Yeah, you know, um, they just had a rant again this weekend about trans women are being men in dresses, and it's like it's just enough already. Well, and it's not it's it's you know when we talk about trans community, there is such a hyper focus on like people assigned male at birth. Um, you know, being in the wrong clothing. Like, that is, like, the, oh, they're tricking us. They're, you know, trying to pull one over. Like, no, you're attracted to somebody, you're attracted to somebody. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that people should be honest, and I think that sometimes people aren't. But I think that there's sometimes people that aren't honest about their STDs, and they're like, no, 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 I'm clean. So there's a lot of things that, with our dating culture, but, like, nobody, even if they're not who you feel like they should be, nobody has the right to to be like tortured, killed, like, be- well, yeah. tortured maybe. Okay, <laughs> BDSM community aside. <laughs> BDSM community aside, um, non consensual, you know, that I, there's just no excuse for it. Like, no. stop it. Like, if you are human, especially if you identify as a Christian or if you want to use that as your backup. Like, then act like it. You know, treat people how you want to be treated. Fucking golden rule, people. I saw the perfect quote this week because people tell me all the time, and I hate when they tell me that. Mm-hmm. I, I love the sinner but hate the sin. So I saw a quote this week that said, next time somebody tell me that, tells you that, tell them that you, ha- you hate the believer, or you hate the belief but love the believer. And I'm like, that <laughs> is perfect. I'm going to use that one next time. Somebody says, well, I love the sin, love the sinner but hate the sin. Fine. I love the believer but hate the belief. How's that? You know what I mean? Because that's really what it is. It's, yeah. like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's... We just, we need to be just kinder to each other. I think there's so much hate and anger and aggression. And I have a lot of that hate and anger and aggression. But if we are nicer to each other, then that begets... Nice begets nice. Like, if yeah. we do let people in or open a freaking door or say thank you like that is really nice that's actually really nice it's it's not common common sense anymore it's like that's a nice thing to do and maybe we need to actually treat people like people and quit treating people like machines you know a while back they had that all trans um, runway i think we might have talked about a little bit in new york they had the all trans male fashion show Mm -hmm. with that all trans con Mm -hmm. um um guys mm-hmm. and I kind of I got into an argument with the trans woman the other day and I ended up mm-hmm. blocking her because she wouldn't leave it alone and I'm like mm-hmm. it's my opinion I'm allowed to my opinion without having to defend it and defend it and argue for it right <laughs> and my point was like you know when you look at the picture that they show all those trans guys they showed are muscular mm-hmm. and beautiful mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. passing really well mm-hmm. you know and 
and I probably used to, with the help of uh, right. And uh, I used the term body shaming, and it wasn't mm-hmm. the right term. Mm-hmm. I was trying to find the right words to say, so I shouldn't have used the term body shaming. Mm-hmm. But my point was, they should have had all different types of trans men there: disabled yeah. trans men, mm-hmm. chubby trans men, mm-hmm. like all these different types of body styles, not just all these muscular look at me guys. Right. You know, I said that's not true representation of the trail well, of the trans male community. And even when you're looking at models, if you're picking model type people, yeah. models are not, they're actually extremely androgynous and not very muscular right. because they don't fit into the fucking clothes. Well, too and muscular. trans guys so, looking at that, yeah. like even me, I'm, I'm pretty body positive. Like I don't really right. care, but looking at all these muscle bound trans men with cut the chiseled out and like mm. all these beautiful guys are model material. It's kind of like, uh. And I'm not holding myself up to anybody, but somebody new in transition could look at that and be like, oh, no, it looked like that. I mean, so I just think that they needed a little bit more diversity in that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I you know? agree. I agree. Um, but I agree. And maybe I shouldn't have called it body shaming. Because to me, I, what I said was, I mean, it's kind of body shaming. Right. And to me, it kind of was, mm-hmm. but that might not have been the best way to describe it. I don't know. Right. Like, why would you not have that in there right. unless you well, were ashamed of it? And there's some, there are some, like, they all of those people would have had some kind of top surgery because they all gonna, did they're yeah. not going to show a trans man that has breast tissue right they're not going to do it right and the thing of it is it wasn't about they're like well it was a model one way no no no, no. they touted it as being out in trans mm-hmm. it wasn't about being a model because none of those people were mm-hmm. so that's a bullshit excuse mm-hmm. and also for male models they have to be quite tall and I'm, right <laughs> many trans men are, are uh, you know five foot nothing right so you know that's that's a thing uh, yeah, stand up for other people in your space, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Preaching to the choir, I know. <laughs> well, yeah. It's frustrating. Anyway, there is another LGBTQ presidential forum coming up, I believe, October 1st or 2nd mm-hmm. in L.A. And I'll probably... Really? In L.A.? Yeah, where, where are they uh, having it? I don't know, but it's, it's invitation... It's invitation only. Uh-huh. It was because of course it's by HRC, so it's invitation only, which means I basically know how that's gonna go. if you donate enough money to them or if you're privileged enough to go, you'll be able to go. If you're an activist that gets along with them, right, like, right. But that's the problem with like organizations that put on. Of course, they're not going to put dissenters in there because they're afraid that there's going to be. I can understand, but like if they're going to have something, just have it. Don't. Oh, they would probably have a shit ton of people though. But, yeah, I yeah, just certain people are going to be invited and other people are not. And I understand. Probably, you know. I understand having to have tickets first come first serve, mm-hmm. but I think the invitation only part is bullshit because I think it's excluding a lot of people. You know what I mean? That have the right to be there and ask questions and, and sit and listen and see what's going on. Yeah. But again, that's HRC, so not kind of oh, not surprised. Yeah. HRC does not have a good track record. No, in fact, guess what? One of the senators that they endorsed, Susan Collins, was the clinch pin vote for Trump to take his border money mm-hmm. from the military. It's like, this is the type of people that HRC is endorsing, you know, and it's yeah. public knowledge, so I'm not, like, trying to, like, just bury them or slam them, but, like, that's not yeah. okay. <laughs> but HRC has a history of taking money wherever they can get yep. it, and then they just use it for whatever, because I'm not really sure, like, how that gets changed into anything. People buy their endorsements from yeah, HRC. I know. They buy um, their way out of the Equality Index. All that stuff is just, it's all crap. It's 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 very very difficult. I forgot to uh, 
I forgot to mention this, but I was going to say when, like, the what was it, Emmys and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So Patricia Ar- Arquette yeah. was, you know, nominated. Yeah. Did she win? She won, yeah. Yeah, but she did talk about Alexis Arquette, yeah. um, her sister, who was transgender, um, who died. Yeah. Um, and I know people who know that family mm-hmm. and, like, the they have been processing that, but that's a very hard thing to yeah. process because they were very accepting of their sister. Right. Um, but unfortunately, you know, their sister wasn't accepted in all ways. Right. Um, did some acting work, but, like, doing acting as a trans person in, in yeah. Hollywood is very, very hard um, and being in the spotlight. And yeah. they never, at least I never heard that they acted like they're that Alexis was like a burden or like they didn't want to be seen with her. No, my um, heart literally broke for her when she was yeah. speaking about her because you could see the pain and, yeah. and you know, and yeah. she's like, my sister yeah. will never have that chance, yeah. you know, but it, yeah, it was very, very sad, yeah. but it, it was poignant. It, it is really, really nice when you see family that is accepting and unfortunately it's showing acceptance after a death, mm-hmm. but it's still, you know, showing acceptance and saying you know there are people that love you will care about you will like support you and take care of you and be accepting and yeah. so it, yeah 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 it's, it's, it's a I, was, I was really kind of glad to hear all the positive stuff about yes. trans people coming from politicians and stuff from last week i'm trying not to be jaded and thinking that they're doing that just to get election points or brownie points or popularity points or whatever but you know um you know, people are upset that Bernie Sanders skipped both of the LGBTQ to LGBTQ forums. You know, he had other plans. He had, and he did. He had other plans to be someplace else. Now, could have, could he rearrange those? Probably, but to me, Bernie's an eighty-year-old man yelling to kids to get off of his lawn. Yeah. So I don't really I mean, expect him to do too much except scream and rant and rave. Yeah. Because well, he, he has some good ideas. He does. And I think, you know, we definitely because we've had like such uber conservative like having kind of swinging the other way and having like really some real change and yeah. radical because I think that he can do it but like that means he so <laughs> here's something that I learned about politics when you are already thinking that you're you already have your audience you don't go and talk to that audience right. you talk to the people that are a little bit on the fence about you um, I think Bernie does have like a queer vote because I think that his his um, ideas are kind of encompassing of a lot of things that like queer community, LGBTQIA plus community, in you know embodies and encompasses and, and believes in. Right. Um, and so like of course you know I think it would be good for show for him to show up there, but he's doing what politicians do, which is like you don't go for the people that you know are already going to vote for yeah. you. Yeah. You go for the people that. That you that are on the fence, but I don't vote like, for candidates like that because that's a turnoff to me. Mm-hmm. That's a huge turnoff. Like, oh, I know that I know I have them in my back pocket, so I don't have to yeah. stand up for them. I don't have to say anything about them. They're cool yeah. with me. It would. I mean, usually they do say things, but they don't necessarily go to these things. Um, part of me feels like maybe this whole you know people showing up to this is being like, look how inclusive I am. But when it comes down to it, yeah. So did Trump. He was like, oh, I love the LGBT, and like we see how that fucking shit show was. So apparently, log log cabin Republicans bought that hook line and sinker because they reendorsed the president pussy grabber. So um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I, I think that uh, yeah, I don't know. I think we're like done. Yeah. Well, you know, 
We uh, appreciate you coming and um, we appreciate you coming and listening to us rant and rave. Um, we do encourage you, even though we don't like it all the time, like to watch these debates because this next election is going to change a lot of things or not change a lot of things. And it is important, even in the primary elections, to actually get out there and vote because those are going to count more than the other ones because we still have Electoral College. And who knows what happens with the popular vote because apparently popular vote doesn't matter because of that stuff. So um, anyway, if you rants, raves, um, go to our Facebook page. We have an awful lot of followers and we put, we are We are at a thousand up. followers that's, now. That's amazing. Yes, yeah. we love our Trans Mafia family. So thank we you everybody do. for we liking do. our page and listening to us. Yeah. It means the world does. Yeah. Um, and we have considered doing a uh, Facebook Live mm -hmm. at some point to kind of do a back and forth um, with uh, mm -hmm. some people. So um, we're going to look into that. You know, hit us up if you feel like that's a good thing. I think we should do a survey out on our Facebook yeah. page maybe. Um, and then, yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to be looking at getting some Trans Mafia gear too, maybe some stickers yes, and stuff yes. like that. So, Wait uh, for that logo to come out. Later. Yeah, I have. I, I know, I have it. I have the logo done. We're working on a logo. I have part of it done. We just have to finish it off. It's so. not the butt plug one, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Long story. No, my, my, my dog's middle name is Butt Plug because on the back of their neck, they have a white mark. My dog is all black, but on the back of her neck, she has a mark that looks like a butt plug. So her middle name is Butt Plug. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <Gosh>. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to us this week. Yes, thank you so much for listening. Please share us with your friends and family. Yep. Um, you can support us by, you know, uh, going in and giving us five stars and doing a little burp, burp, burp about how much you love us. Or if you hate us, we, we also, we would rather not you have you put the stars out there, but talk to us. Like, tell us what we need to change, what we need to talk about. Um, and uh, we will move forward with that. Yep. Sounds like a plan. I hope everybody has a great week. And uh, we will be back with you. Look for a new episode up next Sunday or before because we're a week behind. Yes. So you might get a bonus episode this week. Yes. But if nothing else, Sundays, Sundays for sure, um, make sure to look for new content. All righty then. All right. Ciao for now. Bye. Welcome to Trans Mafia. I'm Blue. This is Orion. And how's everybody out there in Mafia Land today? I, um... I think that they're probably fine, but I'm just going to jump right into it. I overheard something about a float. Yes. From the parade here. Oh, I'm so sorry. Man. So here in Las Vegas, we had our pride last weekend. We have it in October because the heat is too bad here in the summer. And the parade is at night down um, Fremont Street. Or not Fremont. Yeah, Fremont. Yeah. And, yeah, Fremont yeah. Street. Anyway. So after the parade, one of the floats was backing into an empty, was pulled into an empty lot or backed in, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Uh and was emptying some stuff from the trailer that they had attached into the back of their truck. And uh, they, I don't know if they did it, so I'm not gonna say they did, but somebody ended up running over a homeless man that was sleeping in the lot underneath a tarp. Okay. So whoever ran somebody over, I had to have known what they did because that's something you can't like not feel. Right, I like the bomb. Yeah. Do they? Is that person okay or? No, the person died. Okay. That got ran over okay. wow. and they caught the the truck on videotape. Okay. So hopefully they catch who did it because, even if you just think, what was yeah. that or something, stop. Do they know, you know what organization that they were? I don't know any of those details. With? Okay. Or at least any of I that. I mean, it's that's terrible. Like. 
I thought maybe it was just like I didn't know all the details. I thought it was maybe they were just going down the thing and they ran over somebody's foot and yeah. there happened to be someone that's homeless. I didn't realize that like they had killed somebody. Yeah, no, he died. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I talked to a couple people that went to the trans parade or went to the pride parade. Uh, and they said that the trans representation was really not all there this year. Just some kids with flags and uh, not really a, much of a representation. So yeah, yeah, that's what, that's you know, what I heard. That's yeah. sad. Um, yeah. I know that there were some tables that the local LGBT center put out for trans, but I didn't. Again, like I boycott. Yeah. <laughs> the ones you have to pay at um, for yeah. for my own personal reasons and I, political reasons, but um, I don't I don't know. I have. A client I know that went there, so I'm gonna check with them this week and see yeah. what they thought of it. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Well, the tables that they had for the trans community are all kind of a plot because the center got to decide how they got distributed, and pick to choose who they wanted there. So again, that's not really equal opportunity. You don't let one one organization be in charge of that. It's a community right. effort. You know what I'm saying? Because that's just the way things. I don't know. Yeah. That's in my opinion. That's the way things like that should be handled. Yeah. So that way there's no favoritism and all that other kind of stuff shown. Yeah. But yeah, I boycott Pride here. They a couple of years ago they really uh, um, they re- they made fun of the trans Pride flag in the parade and then they called us trannies during the parade. And then when we went to ask them about it in a meeting, they told one of my one of the trans women in the community to sit down and shut up. Um, and it's, we've just had a really not good relationship with Pride since then. Um, some people don't care, but for me, I can't support that kind of behavior. They haven't really done anything to change, and having a trans musician at Pride does not mean that you've changed. I agree, and I think I, I'm really upset that I know that they have money going into Pride, um, but they don't they don't really say where it's going. They don't have any kind of... Like, most Prides at least have, like, a scholarship account, mm-hmm. and I couldn't find anything about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually that's something that you definitely put out there because you want people to know that you're a charitable you know you're doing something charitable but um, you have one little piece of glitter on your face I do I wonder where it came from I'm a glitter queen today yes, you're a glitter queen today where's my yeah, piece of glitter it's like right there okay anyway <laughs> um, I wanted to so we there was a something that we published on our page for Facebook and there has been an unboxing of the genderless doll yes um, by Mattel yes, yes. So, um, the people that do it is these two uh, little girls and like their mother tapes them they usually have like this fantastic hair um, but it's called tiny bangs but you can find it on our Facebook page um, but they're really cute and they love they love being in that kind of spotlight and stuff so it's uh, I'm so excited to get one of those those gender inclusive dolls for my child I looked at them uh, I think that they're really really cool mm-hmm. you know and Finn doesn't really like to play with dolls mm-hmm. per se too much and I don't really want to get Finn into Barbies I don't mm-hmm. like the image that Barbies present I just I'm not okay with any of that mm-hmm. so I'm really excited that there's gender inclusive gender inclusive dolls something new that they can yeah, yeah, this is with, a little know? bit different. This isn't like the fashion, because Barbies came out first as like a fashion mm-hmm. doll, and it was right. the first fashion doll. Most of them were either like dolls, like baby dolls. Right. They were always baby dolls or like porcelain dolls, but there were no fashion like adult dolls, and that's why um, Barbie came out. But yeah, anyway, I think that they're a different, um, different breed. Yeah, I think it's really cool that Mattel yeah. did that. It's pretty um, awesome. It's very forward-thinking, and again, like I've talked about, like my raves about it. Um, but I'm, I'm excited. <clears throat> so, um, 
There is an article about an open letter to HRC from trans community leaders. Uh, that's going to be a whole conversation in itself. Yeah. And uh, I know that we talked about HRC last week, but I feel like this discussion is still going because we've even posted some mm-hmm. on our page like about the little boy that shared, but this is the whole thing. This is the whole thing. That's all well and good to like be like, okay, HRC has these trans kids and everybody's like, think of the children, think of the children. Those children will be adults, and the adults don't have help. So you can help the kids all you want, but I feel like it's more about helping the cisgender parents well, and here's than the, it is helping the kids. Right, but here's the thing is they don't really do that much for parents. There's a lot better places that are trans-led that have the actual resources and actual knowledge to tell trans parents or trans kids how to how to raise them. Not how to raise them, but like the ins and outs of raising a trans youth. Mm-hmm. HRC does none of that. They use them as tokens. Yeah. And then these parents are like, oh, this is great. They're doing all this stuff for my kid. What yeah. they're doing for your kid is endorsing somebody who endorsed Brett Kavanaugh and got him an office to, to, over, to put the trans military uh, yeah. ban on the troops. On what they hand, did... Yeah, on one hand, they're, they're hurting the community. On the other hand, they're just mm-hmm. they're using the community as, oh, look how inclusive yeah. they are. But again, that's the trans token thing, especially yeah. with kids. Like maybe these kids don't even want to be in the spotlight, but they're kind of being shut. They don't know any it. better. Yeah. They don't know any better. You know what I mean? They think it's a great thing, and to me, it's shameful what HRC is doing. It's absolutely shameful, you know. But it, it, parents don't get it. They think it's mm-hmm. great, and it, it's interesting. At the last presidential forum, they had, did have a couple trans kids on there, but all the parents of the trans kids were also HRC board members. Imagine yeah. that. Yeah. You know, so it's well, just... Well, it's interesting why HRC would have so many cis straight board members. Because, you know, like, you, it's, I, I really struggle when organizations have, like, upper management that are supposed to be LGBT organizations and they're straight. Well, I, I think it's okay for some of the lower stuff, especially people that are very educated. Mm-hmm. I think it's great to have straight people there, but like when straight people are calling the shots for like LGBTQ people, I really have a problem with that. And that's why like at the LA LGBT Center, like that's great that, that they are inclusive, but like it, it, you know, I really enjoyed working there and I enjoyed working with them, but they are top heavy with white men at yeah. the top. And uh, African American trans women at the very bottom. Well, HRC just a new, just got a new executive director. His name's Alfonso David. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, oh, cool, they got a man of color. I think he was a civil rights attorney. Mm-hmm. And then he opened up his mouth and started apologizing for everything. That I said, and I was like, it ruined it for me. I'm sick of the t- apologies, especially when you don't even know what you're apologizing for. Mm-hmm. That means it's empty. You didn't do it, so don't apologize for it. Just change it. Because they keep apologizing and keep apologizing and keep apologizing. I'm tired of hearing it. And I can get really offended when, oh, just give them another chance. They're changing. They're changing. They're changing. In 2008, I think it was. 2008 or 2009. Right in 2009. But I'll never forget. I felt like I was going to get lynched when Elizabeth Birch was like, yeah, none of them will be including an end. Like, all that. That doesn't go away. And it hasn't changed. The culture hasn't changed. So I'm sorry, but... Parents of trans youth that stand up for HRC and all you HRC fans out there, no, yeah. I would just say no. With the HRC, take everything as a, with a grain of salt because yeah. I don't know what they've actually done other than milk people 
like put people up that they feel like they can use as a token right. to milking people and then they put out about a billion lists they s compile statistics from other organizations and mm -hmm. other things and then put out lists right so lists of, of friendly businesses lists of friendly school like li that's great that's great I'm glad your organization with all the money that's being donated in all you that's can what do you is can make do. some fucking lists and they're not even good lists no I yeah. mean, they have Starbucks on there, and Starbucks thinks it's okay to misgender trans people. Take them off the list. Yeah. I'm sorry, but take them off the list. You know, I just, uh, oh, I do on and on and on. I can't with them. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of my friends calls me Human White uh, Coalition, and it's pretty much what it is. You know what I mean? And then they come out with this, this trans agenda to do all this stuff for us. What you need to do for us is stop co oping our work, stop taking credit for our work. Give us the money to fund us and let us lead ourselves. Yeah. We don't need you to lead us. We trans don't need you to people, invite us. We don't need you to do anything for us. People have been doing their own forever, um, from like Tri-S to today. So, and if, if you're not familiar with that, we'll go into it, the history of like Tri-S. And, uh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that trans people have historically... We've had to do our own because whenever anybody tries to help us, quote, help us, it's always with a but or an if or a I want to make money off of this. Right. That I want to make money off of you living. And their help is deciding for us what we need mm -hmm. and deciding what we know. No, 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 no. That's not help. That's co-opting and oppressing us. Yeah. You know, um, you know I have a, a nonprofit called Trans Pride Foundation and it is trans-led. Um, I think it's important. I think all of our board members are trans-identified right now. Um, and I think it's important to have one ally on the board, mm -hmm. but that ally has to be an ally, not somebody who just shows up to, you know, trans day remembrance and, oh, I'm an ally because I showed up because I did this. But people who see something and say something, yeah. you know. Um, so I'm all, again, I'm all for allies in cis organizations, just not leading them and not making the decisions. Right. You know, we have an organization here in town, and I'll call them out, called Gender Justice. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, we're a trans-led organization. No, they're not. They have a trans clinical director, mm -hmm. but the executive director is the mother of a trans child who now all of a sudden is, all of a sudden is non-binary when she became executive director. I have an issue with that. And the other person is also cisgender. Mm. So, like, that's not trans leadership. Yeah. It's definitely not. And, it, 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 you know. Yeah. yeah, I would appreciate if people that are utilizing... Okay, and I probably have mentioned this before, but nothing irks me more than when someone on their email puts their pronouns, but then they do, like, she, her, they, them, when you know it's actually just she, her, or mm -hmm. he, him. Um, you know don't yeah everybody uses they them because mm -hmm. that's like part of our language but that's not your pronouns yeah and so don't put it on there and that i feel like that's a lot of people are trying to utilize that like oh look see i'm i'm inclusive i'm special yeah. i'm like with it i'm woke or whatever yeah it's interesting uh, you say that because somebody uh pm me and went off on me on facebook the other day because i changed my pronouns on facebook to they he mm -hmm. because they is my preferred preference mm -hmm. of pronouns mm -hmm. but i've been i have gone by he mm -hmm. and it doesn't bother me per se so i had to give people a little time to to get used to that oh absolutely. right and and so absolutely. i just put they and he mm -hmm. you can't have it both i said yeah i can for right now i can well then you, you're not really trans i'm like are you serious right now yeah you can't have both that you're not trans then you're non-binary I said, first of all, you're not going to decide for me what I am, um, period. Second no, of all, binary. you're wrong. 
non-binary, <laughs> you know, uh, like you can be trans and non-binary or not trans and non-binary. That's it's how you identify. Right. I identify in the trans community because that's the more comfortable community. Right. That. I'm in. Um, I think a lot more people, yeah, okay, non-binary, but it's not like you're non-binary in your own bubble. Mm -hmm. Like, you are still in a world that's very binary. And so, to me, glomming onto the trans community where I feel like more, like, akin with people, Mm -hmm. that makes sense to me. Yeah. And for, like, am I... And that's fine that you, like, you change your pronouns. I'm talking specifically about... I know cis people mm-hmm. that do it. Now. They have no idea what it means. No, they don't. They don't understand that right. like, by doing that, it's actually hindering like people because then it's like, oh well, you can just use whatever ever pronouns and like you can say whatever. Well, everybody's they them. Everybody is they them, except not their pronouns. Yeah, misgendering is a form of of pass. It can be passive aggressive abuse. It can be nonverbal abuse. It can be all sorts of different things. You know depending how it's done, if it's done purposefully or if it's done neglectfully or if it's done just, you know, for whatever reason. But, like, I was trying to explain to this person, I'm like, look, it's like kind of when you transition and you start with your new pronouns, you have to give people around you time to wrap their head around that and understand yeah. and all people that kind of stuff. Transitioning you know, too. and that's what I'm doing. Oh, so you're a trans trender now. I'm like, no. Like, I, I'm like, I transitioned over 20 years ago. I said, but right now, I said, I'm kind of in a period of self-discovery mm-hmm. because I know more about the trans community. I know a lot more about gender. Right. I know a lot more about life in general. Right. You know what I mean? Well, you're just playing. You know what? I just find it end up blocking them because I'm, I don't, I'm not yeah. going to continue to explain myself to well, somebody like that. Well, that's but, very, very black and white you know. thinking with them where, like, you have to choose. A lot of times people are in flux and they don't know. Yeah. And that's okay if they don't know. Yeah. That's, that's okay, but I, you know... Educate yourself, though, instead of sounding yeah. stupid. And, you know, I mean, it isn't for me to say. Like, I have known people that they'll identify for tra- as trans for, like, a period of time. And I kind of know. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like I've met enough trans people. Where the you trans star picks know. it up. Yeah. Right, yeah. And I'm just like, I know that they're not this, but I'm just going to kind of let it play out. Because it's not for me to tell people, oh, you're gay, you're straight, you're trans. Like, I can know it. But that it is not for me to say. Um, and usually it, when people are not trans, when they're whatever, they lose interest or they find that trans isn't fun, yeah. um, then they kind of drop it like hot potato. Yeah. That's, that's okay. That's, that's, that's totally, you know, self-discovery is an actual thing. But that's for people that are young, for, first of all, I think. Um, not that people can't explore older, but the specifically like identifying as trans real quick and yeah. then like going oh it seems like it would be fun to be trans and I had a 14 year old I was talking to one time and they were um, kind of trying to figure themselves out if they uh, were just gay identified or uh, non-binary or trans or right. you know that whole thing and um, they came in and talked to me with their mom who was really cool really supportive you know she was asking more questions than they were you know and so uh, she looked at him and said, like well don't you want to ask him anything <laughs> so like I just don't know if I'm trans or not you know I was hoping that you could tell me that and I looked at him like no I can't tell you if you're trans or not because that's not like a decision for me to make I said that's kind of something you just have to figure out like you know what I mean <laughs> and then we started talking about some other stuff you know and uh, they're asking me what you know how like what are some of the issues in the trans community and stuff like that you know so we started talking about like you know bathroom bathroom usage and just jobs in general and right. You know, kind of waking up and not wanting to look in the mirror at yourself and feeling mm-hmm. like it, you know, it's uncomfortable. Right. And they sat there looking at me through this whole thing. 
And I stopped talking. They kept looking at me, and I'm like, are you okay? Like, oh, shit, I am trans. I'm like, well, good for you. I'm like, I'm glad you discovered yeah. that this short, but don't just assume that because you may identify with some of the things I was talking mm -hmm. about. Yeah. You know, I said, I used, what I urge you to do is go home and journal for a month how you feel. Mm -hmm. you know? well, and, and specifically, you know, because I do see a lot of younger kids, uh, we talk about body dysphoria. Yeah. And body dysphoria... Um, Body dysphoria can happen with people that are not trans. Absolutely. When you start going through puberty and your body starts changing, like mm -hmm. you, a lot of times it kind of sends you into like, wow, what's happening? Even though you may know technically what's going to happen, yeah. it's still weird when it's happening in your body. Um, people have dysphoria, body dysphoria, all the time. Yeah. Um, and like people who are anorexic, bulimic, um, sports, a lot of men are actually very dysphoric mm -hmm. about their body because they, they're not muscly enough or whatever. Right. Um, so body dysphoria does not necessarily denote that you are trans. Right. It's just saying you're not, like, your body doesn't, isn't what you think it should be. Yeah. And I think that most people, because of our society, we do not accept all body types as much yeah. as we've made movements. We don't accept right. that. So um, a lot of times, you know, because we're in our society, especially people that are raised as women, as girls and women, yeah. um, having body dysphoria is a real thing. Yeah, I was talking to a friend several months ago. We were talking about body dysphoria and how it's different for different people. Uh, and they're straight identified. So I'm like, imagine there's something about yourself that you just don't like. I said, there's something about your body that you just fork about. No, I'm perfectly content with my body. Well, it's good for you then, but I don't believe you. Because everybody has something that they're not okay with. Mm -hmm. You know, whether they say it or not, that's my opinion. Mm -hmm. I, I just think that everybody has something that they wish they could change about themselves. Mm -hmm. oh, not even just physically, mm -hmm. you know, but just whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, that tells me that you're yeah. not understanding even what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. So, but it's the same thing as, you know, cisgender people or straight people or whatever, whoever you are, having an issue with the size of your nose or the color of your hair, the fact that you're bald or the fact that you're heavy, the fact that you're skinny. Like, everybody has something to do mm -hmm. with their... Been, for trans people, it's the same thing, and it's not always about our genitals. That's the thing. People are like, oh, it's about your genitals. It's a sex thing. No. No, not necessarily. Because I don't really, I never really cared what was in my pants. That didn't right. bother me because people couldn't see it. Right. They could see my chest, right. and they could see my feminine face, and they mm. could see all these other things that made me feminized, mm -hmm. and that's what bothered me. Mm. You know what I mean? They so. weren't seeing you how you would like to be seen or how you see yourself. Right. Well, I have, um, I have body dysmorphia. And I think I look totally different, and then I see myself in a mirror, and I'm like, oh. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, even though I know technically, like in pictures I look a certain way, I don't see myself on a day-to-day -day basis yeah. like that at all. And that's a very, it's, it's very disturbing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what would you say are the telltale, like, signs of someone who is trans, because I have my own kind of list? But what do you think, like, when you were, you know, going through your stuff, what were the things were that you've seen in other people, maybe, too? Um, a lot of people that are trans have issues with mirrors. They don't like to look in the mirror. They don't like to see themselves naked, like, especially getting out of the shower. You know, they don't like to look at their own body. Um, one of my clients used to take showers in the dark mm -hmm. because they didn't want to see their body. Mm -hmm. and, and you know what? Everybody has a different... Um, different extent of body dysphoria but I totally get it yeah. I totally get it because I didn't even realize I had body dysphoria mm -hmm. until after like um, around my bottom surgery until after I had it mm -hmm. and I was like oh this is so much better and I didn't even realize that 
I was dysphoric about it mm-hmm. because it was that minor right, to me. So, um, you know, I think a lot of it is depression can be a, sim- a sign of it. Um, I think withdrawing, you know. Um, I even think to a certain extent, like, anger can be a part of it because you don't know what to do with it. So all it kind of boils up inside of you, yeah. you know, and you can end up being really angry about it. You can end up with addiction issues surrounding it. Um, and if it's not taken care of, the, the little, if, even if it starts as a little bit of body dysphoria, it can really snowball mm-hmm. this huge problem. Right. Huge problem. But what about things outside of body dysphoria about just knowing if you're trans or not? Um, I think that, like, I don't know, it's kind of hard, but I think that, like, you know, seeing people in a different light and being more accepting of people, um, and not, when you see somebody not judging whether they're male or female, like, just looking at people as people, Yeah. you know what I mean? Um, and even just being able to surround yourself with people that are even friendly, um, LGBT friendly, I think is a good thing, whether, if you're deciding if you're trans or not, because even if you're not, great, but if you are... Then you already know you have a circle of support around you. Right, for sure. You know, for sure. With my kids, especially like the younger ones or even the older ones that are that are starting to, um, you know, explore that. Usually, what I tell them, and I'm like, "How long have you been thinking that like things are not quite right?" Mm-hmm. And this isn't not quite right. Like your body's not quite right, but like things are not quite right. Like how you're treated, how you feel socially, what line you you thought you should be in, like how much you feel like you are. Um, uh, like conforming to that doesn't feel right and you know that it doesn't mm-hmm. feel right but you're still conforming to mm-hmm. it like how much of that do you feel and also like how long like people you know how long have they been thinking about this how yeah. long have they wanted had that desire um, to dress a different way or to for people to see because a lot of it is, it is how we are treated by people because no. men and women are tre- treated differently. Right. Um, non-binary people are also treated differently, but not necessarily in a way that is um, understandable. Right. Or, well, like, pinpointable. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, with my kids, I'm like, okay, have you been seriously considering things for longer than six months? Yeah. That consistent, persistent, like... And it's not like an obsession. It's more like, I just like, it's like, this is not right. Something's not right. Right. And then what is right? Well, I don't is, know. I mean, is it normal for a three-year-old to look in the mirror and know that they're not a boy or a girl? I, I mean, really, at three years old, people are like, oh, they're just kids. Mm-hmm. You know? So for me, being trans, being trans identified as a three-year-old is absolutely normal. You know? But a three-year-old saying, oh, I'm a boy, mm-hmm. that's not normal. Some, that means that they're trans, mm-hmm. which is okay. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad, not normal, but mm-hmm. like usually kids don't have that issue. Right. You know? Yeah. Kids so, are very, they kind of take things as they are. The only thing that I would worry about with kids is that they only know what they're exposed to. So really if they're exposed to, oh, you're a girl or oh, you're a yeah. boy, and they don't, they know that they're not one thing, then they don't, their only option is the other thing. Yeah. Because they might feel closer to that when actually it might be, neither but they don't have the language because we don't talk to kids about that we have a very men's and women's men's and women's men's and women's with everything it is like this binary so when kids are like oh I'm this I don't know if they know that they have more options than that but they just go for they know that this one's not right Right. Um, and that was my struggle Mm -hmm. like coming out and stuff where I'm like well the whole 
men thing isn't right. Yeah. I'm not a man, and I don't desire to be a man, and I don't desire to be treated like, well, yeah. some of the stuff I desire to be treated like a man because I don't want to be treated like shit. But, um, but on the other hand, like, also know that, like, being a woman was, like, painful and hard and, yeah. and didn't fit. So yeah. if one is definitely not, and then the other one's definitely not, like, where does that leave you? And you, there's no language, and there's only been language recently for that. And unless you have a super good support system that's mm-hmm. like you're good however you are, yeah. like it is, it can be very, very hard. Yeah, I had a conversation with my mom when she was still alive, you know, and she kept saying, you know, you're not normal, you're not normal, you're not normal. And I'm like, Mom, I said, what three-year-old looks in the mirror and tells you that they want, that they're a boy? Mm-hmm. I said, what child does that? I said, not only started when I was three, I said, I that continued. You know, I said, I'm 31 now. Like, come on. It's mm-hmm. not going away. It's not stopping. Yeah. Get your head out of the sand. Right. I said, there's a reason. That, there's a reason I tried to commit suicide several yeah. times. There's a reason you kept dropping me off saying there's something wrong with this child. Fix them. Yeah. There's a reason you didn't know what to do. The fact that you didn't know what to do was not entirely your fault. Mm-hmm. I said, but what was your fault was trying to keep me in a box mm-hmm. that I didn't belong in and deciding for me who I was based on how I looked. Yeah. I mean, there's there's kids that... That I, you know, they are suicidal, and I do want to talk a little bit about like trans suicide because trigger warning. We're gonna be talking. Just yeah. a trigger warning, yeah. real quick. We're gonna be talking I'll about put a trigger warning on the about uh, of a local, not a local, but a recent suicide in the trans community, and yeah. talking about yeah. suicide here for a few minutes. So, yeah. and we'll so, give you a, a heads up when it's done too, in case you just want to skip this part of the podcast. We understand. I think that a lot of the general population, cis population, may think that people that are trans are committing suicide because they're trans and it's not that people people don't commit suicide because they want to specifically die they just don't want to have the pain anymore they don't want to feel it on a regular basis and feel shitty nobody wants to feel shitty yeah and sometimes that pain is not all wrapped around the fact of their trans identity or their gender identity or their sexual orientation right um it can be lots of different things and there's a high mental health rate uh uh, high rate of mental health issues in the trans community. But we have so, to also say that many times mental health issues are caused by society. They are. And not necessarily um, just part of them. People, uh, okay, so one of my professors, because I was talking about the DSM, which is the Diagnostic Statistic Manual, that social workers and therapists and psychologists and psychologists, psychologists, psychiatrists use. Um, to diagnose people really for more insurance purposes, mm-hmm. but people with those diagnoses, there is kind of a protocol on how to treat someone. Um, when we have looked at uh, more uh, communities that are smaller, that are more tribal, that are more inclusive because they are smaller, mm-hmm. people with mental health issues have less problems. Right. Because they're accepted how they are. Yeah. They're like, okay, well, Crazy Joe over there is great <laughs> at making baskets, so we will let Crazy Joe do his baskets, talk to himself, and that's totally cool. Mm-hmm. When we have mental illness, it can be exacerbated by homelessness, yeah. by poor nutrition, by not getting enough sleep, by like yeah. being bullied, by by being beaten by your parents. I mean, the there is a reason why lots of LGBTQ youth are homeless. Yeah. There's And that make up the largest part of the homeless population. Right. There is a reason why LGBTQ youth have a higher rate of mental health issues. And there are mental health issues that you can get from being in society. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, because I had mental health issues before I came out as trans right. 100% because of the military. Yeah. And that's where my PTSD comes from. It doesn't come from being trans. Right. You know? Right. Uh, maybe a very, very small yeah. fraction of it, but 99% of it is from society and from the military. Yeah, but I mean, is it from being trans or is it because of how society identifies and then how you oppress yourself? Like have that like internalized homophobia or transphobia yeah. um, that makes you confused and have like mental health issues because of. So I'm just saying like mental health issues are not like cut and dry. Right. It is they can be managed and they can be worse and better. And a lot of times, how we see ourselves in society and how it runs mm-hmm. can cause problems. Sure. Because if we are regularly told without being told that we are not wanted, not accepted, not not acceptable, not real, not whatever. Yeah. And we do not have any other support. Mm-hmm. That would make a person crazy because then what internally that they know about themselves is being they're being told over and over that's not true. Yeah, and I think sometimes it manifests itself in not good ways. Mm-hmm. What I mean that, like, you know, trans women are typically way more oppressed than trans men mm-hmm. because they're more visible mm-hmm. in public, right? Uh, they're easier to spot, easier to pick on, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and also it's our society. Of, right, it's society. Men should, you know, men right. should be a certain thing where, where women, we don't really care what they do, right. more or less, but men, if they do anything effeminate, mm-hmm. then it's something where they need to be killed. Or right, but I think that sometimes with trans women, when they transition... And I'm thinking of one in person in particular, and I'm not going to mention their name, but they keep that male attitude. You know what I mean? That male aggression. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's a protective measure, number one, which I totally get, mm-hmm. you know. But I think there's a fine line there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think it, if you want to be seen in society as a woman, then you need to act like one and not, not show off that male attitude, that male machismo, that male privilege. You know? Well, um, there, there is a different way... A difference between men and women. Women are brought up to, you know, be quiet, defer to men. And part of it's um, culture too. It yeah. is absolutely. Yeah. But in, in general, because we have colonized, you know, society and you know very westernized yeah. ideas, it does play a part almost through the whole U.S. Yeah. or the whole world. Um, but yes, I know what you're talking about. Like because men are given, they've done surveys where they found that girls are girls people assigned female birth and raised as mm-hmm. girls are actually do better in school but they have less confidence in themselves and so mm-hmm. they don't answer questions but they get better grades where boys they have more confidence in themselves but get worse grades like mm-hmm. they think they know right um, where women think that they don't know automatically right. and that's a problem that is not intrinsic that is yeah. a, that is by society putting that on people and being like you need to act this way yeah. you know yeah. I don't I don't think insecurity for women becomes from inside I think that no. that is absolutely from outside yeah everyone can be a little insecure but why are we insecure yeah because and we don't match up to something yeah and speaking of that this topic around of trans suicide it's about um so there was a, a comedy special done by dave Chappelle about a month and a half ago mm-hmm. i guess or so and a lot of jokes he poked in there were at trans women um in the trans community um and i don't think anybody knew that he ran those jokes by somebody who was trans yeah. but he ran these jokes by a trans comedian named daphne dorfman from um san francisco area and um apparently she thought they were funny and she gave him the green light to do it Right. Um, subject to her opinion, because she's a trans comedian too. So, I, to me, 
when you're thinking along comedian lines, when you are a comedian, everything is funny to you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? I jo- I make trans jokes all the mm-hmm. time. Right. You know, but I'm careful where I make them. And to he, me... He gets to hear it. Right. To me, it's kind of like, you know, trans people can make fun of other trans people, but mm-hmm. non-trans people can't kind of thing. You have to be care- more careful about what you say when you're non-trans, yeah. even in a joking manner as a comedian. Right. Absolutely. You know? Well, I mean, even with trans, though, because there is privilege that goes with certain types of trans people, like people that are white, wealthy, um, men, male, men identified, man identified, I don't want to say male identified, um, but yeah, I mean, there's, you know, certain privileges that go penis identified, (laughs) but, but yeah, and the thing of it, too, is like, you know, if he got caught before making really bad transphobic jokes, so if you got caught doing it once before, Mm -hmm. then just leave it alone totally, don't do it ever again. You know, um, but the sad part of this whole story is um, we lost Daphne to suicide last week. Yes. Um, yes. So rest in power, Daphne. We're sorry that um, you felt that that was your option. Um, yeah. Yeah, it is. It, I'm not saying that tra- that suicide is only for the trans community. I think it. You know, people can have issues regardless of like where they are in their transition or how they feel. Um, there's always outside sources, and regardless of how many surgeries you have, yeah. or how complete you feel, like sometimes shit happens, life happens. Mm-hmm. But again, with suicide, people don't want to die because they want to die. They want to die because they don't feel like there's any end to the suffering. Right. They're in pain, and they just don't want it anymore. Yeah. And that is painful. Yeah. To not want something so badly. That you that your only way out, and I know I've been there, mm-hmm. so it's not, you know, it is not unique. Yeah, no. Um, but you know, we that's part of the issue. When I came in and started talking to Blue, I started bitching about, think of the children, think of the children. <laughs> I think it's wonderful to consider trans kids and to put things in place. Part of me feels like it's kind of for the parents of trans kids that that's happening. Um, some of them are helping promote that, and I think that that's wonderful. But what about the adults that are living that have to work, that can get fired from jobs, that can, that get discriminated on a daily basis, that don't pass, that can't afford surgeries, that that are beaten up or dragged from trucks, or you know? It's kind of interesting that yeah, I, I agree with you 100 percent, and I. I mentioned this to one of the parents of a trans youth who I was talking to last week um, who was really into HRC and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. And this is not just a conversation about HRC, Mm -hmm. but just um, going back to what you were talking to. And she was like, well, they're great for my child. I said, are you aware of how they, what they do to the rest, for the rest of the trans community? Well, no, but my child. And I'm like, I told her, I said, your child is going to be an adult one day. I said, and you're going to be standing for an organization that does that's done nothing for your child once they're done being a youth. Mm-hmm. Then what are you going to do? Yeah. I said, you need to think about the rest of the trans community yeah. too and how you're enabling HRC to oppress the rest of us. Right, right. So look at the history of what you're supporting. Look at it's because it's still happening. Mm-hmm. So that I, trans you know. Trans people are still not being hired at jobs. Trans people are still, and, and the whole thing is like, you know, this to be or not to be stealth, right? No, we're some still people, suffering the results yeah, that end us all these people, years later. Some people cannot be stealth. Like, that is not their body structure. Like, someone will always, you know, um, clock them. Yeah. And I, I'm i okay that I'm kind of like people, like, are, but, I mean, sometimes the comments are hurtful. Yeah. 
you know, I get comments from people, I get looks from people, yeah. I've got felt up and teeth. <laughs> I mean, there's things where, like, because I am who I am, people feel comfortable coming and telling me all kinds of shit. Yeah. Um, and I'm comfortable the way I am, but I'm only uncomfortable when there's other people. Yeah. That I, I can feel it. Yeah. I can feel that shittiness. Yeah. Um, but I did, I wanted to kind of leeway into, because we have some of that stuff, and I'm not really familiar, so I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask you to talk about this because, you know, we're having these uh, LGBTQ uh, workers' rights and all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff going on federally. What's going on with that? Because I think that that really ties into this. So, um, the skinny on the Supreme Court decision is we will not hear anything probably till close to the end of the year. Um, we're not going to hear anything in the, in the very, very near future. Um, I don't know who was following what was going on in the Supreme Court, but Gorsuch was asking a whole bunch of questions. Um, making people think that he might lean our way. Um, We already know, I think, that we have Ginsburg and maybe one other justice on our side. However, I was talking to, not talking to, I'm sorry, I read a post uh, on Facebook by Bryn Tannehill, who's a Washington insider, uh, very knowledgeable, amazing, amazing, amazing trans woman, um, who always keeps it on the real, Mm -hmm. you know, and they mentioned in in their post on Facebook that, you know, um, they might be trying to include everybody but the trans community in this new Quality Act bill. And I'm like, another ENDA wouldn't surprise me. And for those of you who aren't familiar with ENDA, ENDA was the Employment Non-Discrimination Act um, that HRC and Barney Frank and a bunch of other people um, said, well, we don't know how to include the trans community, so we're going to include everybody else but exclude them. And that was maybe eight, nine years ago now. Um, and us, the trans community is still suffering from the effects of that, like now. You know what I mean? Uh, and so... When we when I read that post, I'm like, mm, I'm not surprised. I, 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 I'm just not surprised. So I'm bracing myself for either one of three things to happen. Either them to totally just take the Equality Act as it sits. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, to totally um, tar- go ahead and, and put the bullseye on our backs to fire the whole LGBTQ community, right? Or put the bullseye in the back to continue fighting the trans community because we're based on sex and not orientation. Right. And that's where the hang-up is. It's between sex and gender mm-hmm. because nobody can wrap their heads around the fact that there's a difference between sex and gender. Yeah. You know, and when they wrote the uh, Brown, Brown versus Board of Education, that's what it was all based around mm-hmm. was sex and gender in sports, in mm-hmm. education, in higher yeah. athletic, in, in, in schools, right? So, I'm hoping that that's not a repeat of Enda, but personally, I think that's what could happen. Um, I don't think that they are ready to shoot themselves in the foot and totally knock down the whole Equality Act because I think they know that if they do that, there's going to be a huge shift of people who are just um, going to riot. <laughs> We're not going to sit down and just take it. Yeah. So I think they might be looking to compromise and split it. So they're going to cover LGBT. LGB and keep out the T. Yeah, which is kind of, that's been happening and that's happened yeah. for a long time and that's not okay. Yeah. Um, because trans people do have the hardest time. And, you know, even with, you know, when we're talking about like racism, even with our laws that are against racist Mm-hmm. hiring practices there are still racist hiring practices as long as you just don't say it's about race yeah. you can not hire people for all kinds of reasons um, I know that 
uh, I was reading an article last night about you know women being fired from teaching jobs as soon as they started they were pregnant and started showing mm-hmm. like they would be fired that no longer happens but there's other things that happen there was a nurse in where, Arizona I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you uh, you go ahead, go ahead. There, who found out she had breast cancer mm-hmm. and they fired her while she was in the hospital on chemo in the hospital that she worked at so yeah you're absolutely right I mean this shit like this continues to happen you know and it's not people real people don't realize it's not going to affect just the LGBT community the LGBT community and people think that somebody's gay especially in a right to work state they're just going to go up to them and say, sorry, we don't need you here. And they're not going to have to give them a reason why. Or if they find out after the fact right. that they're gay. Yeah, the right to work type stuff is really, really a problem. It's bad. Because that means that any kind of prejudice, any kind of bias, you look at somebody wrong, they can be like, oh, bye. Yeah. And then you have like, oh, I was fired. I have no idea why I was fired. Like, what? I think that, yes, there are times that people need to be fired, but mm-hmm. they also need to be told why they were fired. Why were you fired? Mm-hmm. Is there something that this person can improve on themselves? Like, I think that that's fair. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen, but I think that that's fair. But when you're fired for just being who you are, mm-hmm. that's a problem. Yeah, and I mean, the laws under the EEOC need to change because, I'm sorry, but any employee that has less than 15 employees should be held accountable. They shouldn't get a free ride just because they have less than 15 employees, and the EEOC doesn't have time to investigate. That's bullshit. That leaves a whole lot of people out in the open and open targets. It's like open season, you know? So. Yeah. Let's end this podcast today with our brand new segment. We have a new segment called Trans Behaving Badly. Yes. Trans Behaving Badly because, you know what, there are, we are assholes in our own community. It just is what it is. Sometimes I'm one of them. Uh, and I might even <laughs> be on section of Trans Behaving Badly one time. I don't know. Uh, at least I own my own shit, though. Yes. I, I say that. Um, but our very first guest spot on trans appearing bad or trans behaving badly. Um, I was reading an article. So at the at the last equality forum, uh, the presidential debate, they uh, a black woman named Blossom Brown took over with Mike, which I thought was fucking awesome, mm-hmm. um, because there wasn't really enough representation of the black trans community, mm-hmm. m- trans or men and women. No, it was well, all about the children. Right. Well, there's an activist named Ashley Mew Preston who apparently was supposed to be there, and then CNN called her while she was getting ready at home and told her that she wasn't going to be able to ask a question, and so she's like, well, then I'm not coming. Right. So she didn't come. Um, come to find out after, after the presidential forum, she's one of Elizabeth Warren's paid plants. She's a paid staffer for Elizabeth Warren. Oh, really? Yeah. And it came out um, some old, old from 2011, 2012, I think one from 2008. Some pretty racist and homophobic tweets from from Ashley, talking about referring to gay men as faggots, talking about um, some other stuff that was very, very, very inappropriate. Um, and I've had an issue with Ashley in the past and being very aggressive, and that's why I defriend her on Facebook. Um, I've been bullied by Ashley in the past, things that she said. Um, we can, you can argue with somebody and have a disagreement without putting people down and telling me, you're just a stupid white trans man, what do you know? Mm-hmm. That's bullying. You don't need to bring race into it. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's, that's racist. When you say stuff like that, that's racist. Mm-hmm. You know, when people say black people can't be racist, I'm sorry, but I disagree with that, especially as a half black man and a half white man. I hate myself sometimes. Joke, funny. But no, but seriously, like anybody can be racist. I don't think it matters what color you are. Mm-hmm. That's my own personal opinion. I'm probably going to get heat for saying that. But I don't necessarily, I, you know, I don't necessarily agree with you on that. I think anybody can yeah. be prejudiced. That's what I meant. That's, that's a better word. Prejudice. That's so a better racism word. is definitely you can't top down racism. 
it's um, you can't bottom up racism. You can only top down racism. Right. And so anyway, go ahead. Right. So you're you're right. Prejudice is a better mm. word, um, better better word to use than racist. But it's. So yeah, so anyway, so those tweets came out, you know, and she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I was in my addiction and all this other stuff. To me, it doesn't give you a free pass, especially when you're a leader in the community. It doesn't give you a free pass, you know what I mean? Um, she's confronted Caitlyn Jenner, uh, which I'd love to do too, but you know, when you're on a board for the organization that Caitlyn's throwing money to, I don't know if that's the right thing to do, especially at one of your own events. So to me, Ashley has always been about fame, mm-hmm. wanting to get her articles in, wanting to do all that kind of stuff, and I think some of the things that are said and done are for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just my personal opinion. So, um, yeah, I just think that it was a funny to read, though. Not funny, but kind of funny, sad for somebody yeah. who's always talking about, you know, being oppressed and racism to have tweets come out like that where she was doing that to somebody else. I mean, it just goes to show kids these days but it just goes to show that you know whatever you put out there it just stays out there yeah you cannot take it back um sometimes you can't erase them but like if you know like twitter definitely and twitter is such a um uh, a really hard one because it everything goes so quickly yeah but it's all recorded and you cannot take that shit back right so once it's out there it's out there you better have thought about what you did you know we do have a president that like abuses that but you know yeah yeah so anyway that is our trans behaving badly trans behaving badly that's our new segment yes if you hear somebody behaving badly uh let us know we would love to give them a shout out and you know it's just our way of saying that people in our own community sometimes need to be uh called out and held accountable for their behavior or their actions or Mm -hmm. whatever so we're not immune right no we're not immune so all right, we're going to sign off for today, but we look forward to recording again for you next week. And, uh, yeah, I hope you have a wonderful week. Um, a good weekend we're going into. Is this, isn't this, um, we have, like, coming out day this month? and Yeah, this is whole national coming out month is all oh, month this go. month. So, there yeah, yeah, and then next month is Trans Day of Remembrance. Uh, I always uh, hate the month of November just for that one reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I love and hate that event. I like that event because it it gives me the chance to remember all that we've lost. Um, but I hate that event because it's extremely um, it's a mindfuck. And event. and with Trans Day of Remember, it's coming up. We um, I know that Blue has been organizing with mm-hmm. his with his organization doing a Trans Day of Remembrance, and we are talking about live streaming it yep. on Facebook, so if that happens, we'll connect it to the page, sure. um, and then, you know, then you can at least experience it if you're not able to go to something by on your, in, in person, in real life. For sure, yeah. So, we will uh, catch up with everybody next podcast, and leave us a message on Facebook. Tell us you like us, tell us you hate us, tell us what to talk about, tell us what not to talk about, um, whatever we you're fancy. if you yeah. can, because that helps us get out to more people. Yeah. And also that helps us get paid. That's right. <laughs> Which we definitely need new gear, because we already have some, our speakers or our, our headphones, microphones are being crackly. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. So we hope that everybody has an amazing rest of the week, an amazing weekend, and we will see everybody next week. Bye. Bye for now.